0: Hello, you are listening to The Dollop. This is an American history podcast. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend,
1: Gareth Reynolds, who doesn't know what the topic is about to be. I've changed it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God. you want to look at a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle.
1: <laughs> people say this is funny.
0: Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people.
1: Is it for fun? And this is
0: not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay.
1: You <laughs> are Queen
0: Fakie of Maid
1: Uptown. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. <laughs> a bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray.
0: Oh, hi, Gary. No, That's- Nicely I see done, my friend. No. <laughs> no. July 8th, 1885. Okay. John Romulus Brinkley entered the world. Rami. John Richard Brinkley was a poor mountain man who practiced medicine in North Carolina and served as a medic for the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. Brinkley was a true mountain doctor having, quote, read medicine, but with no formal training. Sure. He read medicine. So he read books. Medicine.
1: I can fix it. There we go. There it is.
0: Put that right there. There we go. And done. Uh, and dead. The senior uh, Brinkley was married four times. In 1970... So this is his dad. This we're is his dad. Right, yeah. okay.
1: Who was who thought Richard was a little too common
0: of a middle <laughs> name. <laughs> he, uh, he's married four times. In 1970, he married Sarah T. Mingus. After some time, Sarah's cousin who was also named Sarah, moved into the house. Oh, dear. She's 24. John started banging her. Yep, yeah, little Connell Mingus. Yep. Sarah, too, became pregnant and gave birth to John Romulus Brinkley out of wedlock.
1: <laughs> just, moi, terrific. A good a... situation. Perfect. Normal. Normal. And
0: reality shows were invented. <laughs> when John was just five, his mother, Sarah, too, died of pneumonia and tuberculosis. Lovely. So, the double. It's great. It's wrong with the double. Yeah.
1: You thought your situation was bad now.
0: You thought you could buy, yeah. You could just die from tuberculosis. How well, about a little pneumonia? Uh, his aunt, Sarah, and dad moved <laughs> to a home near the tuck River. Uh-huh. When John Romulus Brinkley's dad died, he was just 10 years old. Okay, so things okay. are good. So, so his now his
1: parents are gone. Now he's just with his aunt. Yep.
0: Cousin. Awkward. Yeah, okay. Yeah. John attended a one-room log cabin school for three uh, or four months a year. He finished his studies at... Yeah, it's just so, so great. It's really tremendous. <laughs> and the rest of the
1: time, go to the
0: field. <laughs> he uh, finished his studies at 16 and began to work as a roving railroad telegrapher. John traveled to New York City to work for Western Union and then to New Jersey. In late 1906, word came that his aunt Sally was sick and he returned to North Carolina. She died on December 25th, 1906. John was comforted by his former teacher at the log cabin schoolhouse, Sally, who was just a year older than him. It's normal.
1: (laughs) I remember one time when I was a kid, I was... I was 11, and my mom got me a 12-year-old babysitter. And I was like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. (laughs) What is happening right now? She was like, "Mm, I don't know. feels like you should probably finish your vegetables. I was like, listen, lady, listen to me. You are eight months older.
0: So it's a lot like
1: this. Yes. It's a lot like that.
0: He ended up marrying. Oh, right. There's the difference. Yep. Well, he probably... I mean, think about all the times he was jerking off, thinking about her. And now he gets to bang her. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that just inferred by the? I fact- assume if your teacher's one year older, that you're just going to think about banging all- her. <laughs> just banging her. <laughs> okay, right? Sure. Having not earned enough money as a railroad telegrapher, John decided to become a doctor, like his father sort of was. Sure.
1: Online. <laughs>
0: His medical career began in 1907 when he posed as a Quaker physician in a North Carolina medicine show. Posed
1: posed, uh, posed as a Quaker physician. One more time on that one.
0: He posed as a Quaker physician in a North Carolina medicine show. <laughs> medicine okay, So number show. one, he's pretending to be a Quaker. Number two, he's pretending to be a Quaker doctor. Number three, there's a medicine show.
1: <laughs> there, uh, number three is big for me. <laughs> So here it is a medicine <laughs> medicine. Penicillin. Da, 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 da. They should.
0: They, Pfizer should bring back the medicine show. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Well, we have more. now. It would be great. There's a lot of boner comedy. Yes. Yes. Tremendous amount.
0: Uh, he and Sally set out traveling and pros, posing as Quaker doctors, giving rural towns a medicine show uh, uh, where they sold patent medicine.
1: Okay, so so it's almost like a live infomercial?
0: (laughs) Well, patent medicines are compounds promoted and sold as medical cures that just don't work. So, yes, it is. So
1: it is an info. So it was, I mean, it's basically like drug company advertising almost. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Okay. It's good times. Cool. So Uh, that's awesome. Next, John worked with a man named Dr. Burke, and together they sold virility tonics. Sure. This will make you get a boner," yeah. he would say to the guy walking by. "Excuse me? Yep. I'm
1: uh, sorry. I should point out I'm a <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a fake I, doctor. I,
0: I should point out I'm a fake Quaker doctor. <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry. I should probably lead with I'm a fake Quaker doctor and then talk about your penis. Uh,
0: but th- this wasn't leading to enough money, so John decided to become a real doctor, sort of. Sort. He moved to Chicago to attend medical school. Okay. At the time, famous education reformer Abraham Flexner labeled Chicago's medical schools, quote, the plague spot of the country.
1: Awesome. Now, that could be taken one of two ways.
0: No, it's not the actual plague.
1: Okay, keep going.
0: (laughs) John enrolled in the Bennett School of Eclectic Medicine. I mean... An unaccredited school.
1: uh, What? Uh, Just a lot of red flags in that name. You seeing a problem? I'm seeing some problems. Uh I'm seeing some major problems. That's like sometimes out here when you get real deep into the holistic stuff, Uh you'll be like... Well, what are we... (laughs) This seems a little... There's a few too many terms in here for my liking.
0: You know what I need right now is an eclectic doctor.
1: Uh, Just somebody who's an eclectic doctor.
0: Eclectic practitioners claim to select the most effective forms of medical treatment. Eclectic medicine made use of botanical remedies along with other substances and physical therapy practices. So everybody died. The... The term was coined by Constantine Raffinesque, a physician who lived among Native Americans and observed their use of medicinal plants.
1: Oh, now I'm back on board, by the way.
0: Well, Raffinesque used the word eclectic to refer to those physicians who employed whatever was found to be beneficial to their patients.
1: Well, (laughs) now that's pretty vague.
0: That's super vague. It should just be called the School of Veg Medicine.
1: Uh, I am a doctor throws shit at the wall and sees what sticks.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, and then says what sticks.
1: That worked. There we go. I don't know. Shut up.
0: So Eat John worked, root. Uh, John worked as a telegrapher during the night and attended school during the day. During this time, he and his wife had a baby, Wanda. Due to debt, John took on a second shift working as a telegrapher. After two years, John came home one day and discovered Sally had left with their daughter. Oh,
1: my God. Because he was working nonstop. Yeah.
0: She filed for divorce, and at first John went along, but after two months, he decided to kidnap Wanda and flee to Canada.
1: Well, you know, there's... He gave it a shot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sally couldn't get extradition from Canada, so she dropped her alimony and child support claims, and John returned with Wanda. That's healthy. Then the happy couple reunited. Oh, that's good. How could Uh they not? Oh,
1: of course. It's a lot like the reunion at the end of Gone Girl.
0: (laughs) It's exactly like that. In his third year studying at medical school, Sally left again. This time she went back to North Carolina. Uh, She was pregnant at the time and had another girl, Erna. Uh,
1: Amazing that there's another kid. Named Erna. Yeah, Wanda and Erna.
0: John dropped out of medical school and bailed on his tuition debt, following his family to Tuscaloosa tuck North Carolina. The family wandered around for a while and ended up in St. Louis, Missouri. There, John found another eclectic medical school, Mm -hmm. but because he had not paid off his debts to the Bennett College, they refused to release his records. So he did what any man would do in this situation. Mm -hmm. He just bought a medical degree from the Kansas City Eclectical Medical University and returned home to North Carolina.
1: Okay. So (laughs) What? So there... So there's there's two options when you want to get into the eclectic doctoring right, game. Right.
0: There's the there's the one. There's where you the do training. The, the normal way where there's, you learn to be a doctor. Yeah,
1: which already sounds a little sketchy. I would say probably. It, yeah. Like if a Native American is doing it, I have faith in that yeah. way more than if um a man Bert? who is building telegraphs is yeah. doing it. But then the other option is to just buy it. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot like when you would go to an arcade. And you would earn all those tickets uh-huh. only to find out if your dad paid $100, you could just get like the stuffed <laughs> fucking bear and be gone. Right.
0: All right. They had another child, Naomi. Now they're a family of five. Jesus Christ. Uh, they're not doing well. No.
1: You they can't didn't. just throw babies at the problem. Well, I think that's what you do. All right.
0: They then moved to New York City. Sally wanted John to give up his goal of becoming a doctor, but he refused to. He
1: he achieved his goal. He took a helicopter to Everest.
0: (laughs) So Sally left him again, (laughs) taking the three girls to North Carolina. John moved to South Carolina and set up a storefront clinic in Greenville with a man named Crawford. They called it the Greenville Electromedic Doctors. And placed advertisements to attract men who were concerned about their ability to sexually perform. Oh. <laughs> those oh, okey dokey. Those who came to the health center could acquire electric medicine from Germany.
1: Okay, I mean one thing I know about the. <laughs> Okay, so... um, Electric medicine. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. (laughs) I'm as excited as a man who just got electro treatment on his thing.
0: Patients were injected by John or his partner with a shot of colored water for $25. There better be more. Patients were told the shot cured everything from a sleepy demeanor to syphilis, which is why it would cost so much. It cost $25, which is the equivalent of about 600 now. Holy shit. So they were just ejecting people water. with water to cure syphilis. To like cure syphilis. So like... then some guy would think he was cured. Ah, oh, finally, could I could die. go horn again. <laughs> After two months, the two quickly bailed on their clinic and scurried out of town without paying their rent, utility <laughs> bills, and debts for clothing and pharmaceutical supplies.
1: That town now called Syphilisville. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The local newspaper reported that they left about 30 to 40 local merchants with unpaid checks. They ended up in Memphis, Tennessee. There. They set up another bullshit store. John met and married 21-year-old Minerva Jones. All right. Known as Minnie. Fuck yeah. The daughter of a local doctor.
1: Oh, boy. They'll have a lot to talk about. Their
0: courtship was an entire four days. Good. Right amount of time. The one hiccup. Uh, in the marriage was that John was still married to Sally. Well, but besides that, (laughs) come on, everybody's got baggage, right? A lot of times they're not still holding it, but yeah, yeah. John and Minnie honeymooned in Kansas city, Denver, Pocatello and Knoxville where John was arrested and extradited to Greenville and put in jail for practicing medicine without a license and for writing bad checks. Okay. Naturally, John told the sheriff it was all Crawford's fault, then gave up Crawford in a true snitch fashion. Using the information provided by John, police were able to arrest Crawford in Pocatello, and then John and Crawford were reunited in jail. Hey! Hey, what's up? Bro!
1: Hey, how you doing? So a little awkward. Yeah, I sort of snitched. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, you know... Sorry. Dude, I'd look, man, we've gotten the colored water, game-cured syphilis together. Right?
0: Yeah. Uh, John and Crawford ended up settling out of court with the merchants they had screwed over for several thousand dollars most of which Crawford paid. It
1: would be great if they tried to be like, we can give you the money, or we could inject you with some of this magic. (laughs) That's more colored water. All right, final No, it's
0: magic. (laughs) Uh, John's new father-in-law paid his bail, but only gave him $200 for his fraudulent debt settlement. John then went to Memphis, where Minnie was living. There, Sally showed up and told Minnie that John and she were still married and that he was a bigamist. Minnie responded by moving to Judsonia, Arkansas with John. So she's like, all right, well, we're going somewhere else. We're leaving. Uh, John was then offered to take over a doctor's office, who was moving out of state. He did and actually turned a prophet. Who who, who would put any faith in him? I don't think anybody cared. They were like, oh, you're a doctor? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I've been jailed for lying. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, got to, I do doctor things. <laughs> yep. Uh, He advertised his specialty as, quote, diseases of women and children. Good. He made a little bit of money and also joined the Army Reserve Medical Corps. Perfect. You want him on the front lines. With the money he made, he was able to pay off Bennett College, the money he owed. Okay. This enabled him to move to Kansas City and finally enroll in the Eclectic Medical University to finish out... (laughs) the last year remaining of his medical degree. But he bought the degree, right? But now he's going to actually learn. He he needs to get it signed. Yeah. (laughs) he needs to get it signed. (laughs) At the Kansas City Eclectical Medical University, John studied irritations and enlargements of the prostate gland in elderly elderly men. (laughs) Who is like,
1: oh, yeah. That's my calling. She's a
0: biggin'. Old
1: prostates.
0: As a student... Brinkley began dabbling into what was referred to as, quote, the wild side of medicine. At one point, he and one of his peers injected patients with colored water, claiming that it was a miraculous cure for venereal disease. So he's still doing We've it. We've been there. He finally graduated on May 7th, 1915. His diploma from Eclectic allowed him to practice medicine in, in eight states. Jesus, those poor states. John took a job as the doctor for the Swift and Company plant. Catching minor wounds and studying animal physiology. It was at the plant that John learned from workers that the healthiest animal slaughtered was the goat. Oh dear! He tucked away this knowledge for the future. Uh, and I feel like we're going to find out about this knowledge. At this point, Minnie was concerned about the old bigamy thing, so she pushed John to file to divorce Sally. He did so <laughs> in September, nineteen fifteen. But he needed to avoid having the court inquire directly with Sally, so he wrote that they had been married in New York City, and he did not know her current place of residence. She was just gone, and the court was like, "Okay, cool." So, <laughs> all right, sounds
1: That's good. Judging
0: the a divorce was finalized on February twenty first, nineteen sixteen. Four days later, Minnie and John were married again in Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. In 1917, John was called up from the Army Reserves to serve in World War I. But he was not sent to the front because he spent two months having a nervous breakdown until he was discharged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool look. <laughs> the greatest generation. Ah! Oh, my God. 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 No, 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 okay, no. No! This isn't happening. This, is not happening. Yeah, this is not happening. Yeah, you're done. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. You're done. Oh, my more water.
0: Water. You're done.
1: Water. You're good. You're water. good. You're good. 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 Ah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> In nineteen eighty John and Minnie moved to Milford, Kansas, where he opened up a 16-room clinic. This time, his experience with the locals was positive. He paid good wages to workers, helping to invigorate the local economy, and made house calls on patients suffering from the deadly outbreak of the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. One day, a man came into the clinic looking for a fix for being sexually weak. Oh, boy. Jokingly, John said he could always sew, quote, a pair of those buck-goat glands into you. No, 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 no. Because, as he had learned from the plant... No. ...goats were an a- amorous and active creature, the desperate man begged John for the operation.
1: For the op... It's not an operation. Never... It's not a procedure.
0: Never willing to turn down money, John agreed and performed the operation for $150. Goat testicles were inserted into the man's balls. Well, oh, okay, okay,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. 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 What? 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 What, what do you mean? What? So, what's... what?
0: <laughs> oh, so my... he's having problems performing sexually. So we're and gonna give a, him goat nuts. Well, there's an
1: animal that's awesome. I mean, is this is a guy who's just been putting colored water in people for
0: so fifteen you, years? So you take the goat's nuts out and you put them into the other dude's nuts.
1: But is that?
0: <laughs> very, <laughs> there's no very good procedure. The procedure. Was I'm
1: not ready to get back into this.
0: The procedure was successful by both men's accounts, and the farmer's life was restored. What?
1: <laughs> so he just threw goat balls. Uh huh. I mean, I guess he just put them in this dude's scrotum. We'll learn more about that later.
0: I don't know if I want that. Years later, the patient's son told the Kansas City Star that John had offered to pay his father handsomely if he'd go along with the experiment. So John paid the guy money to put the goat balls in him. And then and then he spread the word that the goat balls cured. So he fabricated the story of the guy coming in and saying, please give me goat balls. In actuality, he approached the guy and was like, Hey, man, I'm going to put goat balls in you and I'll give you money to do it. And the guy was like, Okay. Well, that's quite a different tale. Brickley seized the moment, and publicized the operation and its beneficial results.
1: But, Soon, but did it, did it, it the, the fact that it had beneficial results also
0: bullshit? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because right. you can't just put balls next to balls. What are you
0: talking about? How do you know? So <laughs> you you've know, tried it. The
1: truth is, I don't know.
0: Right. Soon patients were lining up to have goat balls put in their balls.
1: All right, Dave. Um,. <laughs> It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) Is this the end? I think we might be there. (laughs) When people are lining up to get goat balls put in their balls,
0: it feels like we're good. Yeah. The goats are like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, all the goats are like, well, this trend isn't good. This is a horrible trend. (laughs) Ah, My balls. Ah. Xeno transplantation became all the rage, not just because people wanted help with their virility, but because Brinkley was a magnetic man. Within months, John was performing more than 100 rejuvenation operations a week for a fee of $750, which is equal to $100
1: million. $9,000 today.
0: $9,000. So much so that he began to have a hard time coming by goats. So patients were required <laughs> required to supply their own goat. Oh so, my god! So you,
1: you so had to first go of sh- all
0: that takes away the anonymity of the thing. If you're walking down the street with a goat, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Where are you going? Uh, 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 hmm. um, I'm gonna get his balls.
0: Um, okay. How's your wife? <laughs> <laughs> John's reputation increased when a man impregnated his wife after the surgery. With a baby goat! This gave the clinic some credibility. Newspapers wrote up the amazing cure. John began promoting that goat glands were useful for much more than just fertility. Oh, yeah. They cured up to 27 ailments. Absolutely. You could alleviate dementia, flatulence, emphysema, and even spinal tumors by heading to the clinic in Milford. <laughs> That's right.
1: Little, I mean, There's nothing that'll confuse a person on dementia less than opening their ball bag and putting goat nuts in there. <laughs> just when I thought my connection to reality wasn't working.
0: <laughs> he started a direct mail blitz, and hired an advertising agent who came up with the slogan, quote, "The ram that am with every lamb." What? I don't even know what that means. The ram. The first two, I can. S- you need a good third. The ram that am with every lamb. Anyway, that's the advertising guy he hired.
1: Yep, that guy. Oh, you thought you thought the guy putting goat glands into people was
0: ripping someone off? I mean, it rhymes. It <laughs> sure. If it does one thing, it rhymes. The publicity attracted the attention of the American Medical Association. They sent an agent to investigate the clinic undercover. The agent saw a woman hobbling around the clinic who had been given goat ovaries as a cure for a spinal cord tumor. Goat? Oh, uh... That, goat ovaries. They put goat ovaries into her ovaries. 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 From that point on, the AMA kept a close eye on John Brinkley. But why? In reality, following one of his operations, the body of a patient would typically absorb the goat gonads as foreign matter. The organs were never accepted as part of the body since they were simply placed into the human male testicle sac, or the abdomen of the women near the ovaries.
1: <clears throat> the ovary wrinkle is almost more disturbing.
0: Yeah. Other doctors were also experimenting with gland transpr- transplantation, Good. including Serge Voronoff, who had become known for grafting monkey, monkey testicles into men. I, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh, it's just the overview. In 1920, Voronov demonstrated his technique before several doctors at a hospital in Chicago. John showed up and was, and was barred from entering. No, keep the goat testicle guy out of here. This is you you
1: want to get these balls. Get your goat <laughs> testicle bullshit out of here. Let's go, monkey ball doctors.
0: <laughs> but his appearance elevated his profile even more in the press. He eventually gave his own demonstration at a hospital in Chicago. There, Brinkley transplanted goat testicles into 34 patients, including a judge, an alderman, a society matron, and the <laughs> chancellor of the University of Chicago Law School. All while the press watched. 34? 34 while the press watched.
1: There will be sandwiches. Just keep them coming. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You guys get a shot of that? That's there you the go. nut. There we go. Here are your
0: goat balls, your honor. And go ahead and slice that goat. There. We go. I'm here to take pictures. All right. We got a long line of bloody goats here, guys. His profile grew more and his nut injection business did as well. In 1922, he was invited to come to Los Angeles by the owner of the LA Times, Harry Chandler. He challenged Brinkley to transplant goat testicles into one of his editors. If the, <laughs> I wonder if the editor was like, I don't, I'm fine. Excuse me, I'm just... I'm good. I'm actually just pretty... You over there! Or, or
1: did he know, or was he like... I'm an, the editor was like,
0: I can't get hard.
1: I'm an in-bed reporter. <laughs> yeah, I can't... Yeah. Like, how did he know? Yeah. How he know the editor couldn't... Jim, you can't get your dick hard. Come over here, let's do a story on it.
0: If the operation was a success, he would make John Brinkley, quote, the most famous surgery in America. If it was not a success, then Chandler said John should consider himself damned. Okay. So California didn't recognize Brinkley's license to practice medicine from the eclectical (laughs) medical university, but Chandler pulled some strings and got him a 30-day permit.
1: Hey, there we go, right? You
0: can just be a doctor for 30 days in some states. Hey, 30-day doctor. (laughs) Hey, there we go. There's a reality show. The operation was considered a success and John got the accolades from the New York, from the L.A. Times. While he was in Los Angeles, the Times was installing KHJ, the city's first radio station. John was very impressed with the new phenomenon. The L.A. trip turned out to be incredibly profitable. The Los Angeles record carried an advertisement of William Stitzworth and his son Billy, who was the first goat gland baby. They were appearing in a film.
1: Well, L.A. hasn't changed, first of all. <laughs> uh, you gotta be nervous when someone's pregnant with your baby and you have goat balls. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, a little bit of you has to be like,
0: oh, bl- bl-. oh God, don't have a tail. He's yeah, just gonna <laughs> have, like, one horn. Daddy! And I have you. Um, a large crowd turned out to see the film, and Brinkley's profile increased. While in L.A., John also operated on several Hollywood stars, earning him a profit of $40,000. Wow. There was such a demand for services that some local businessmen offered to establish a hospital and sanitarium in Ensenada. They went as far as to lease a hotel and signed a contract with a local rancher to supply goats.
1: I mean... I I mean, uh, uh, a fucking hotel and a rancher?
0: (laughs) Ready to go. All set up. Good to to go. This is a lot. But the California Medical Board denied his application for a permanent license to practice medicine, having found his resume, quote, riddled with lies and discrepancies.
1: Mm. So they read it.
0: Yeah. The trip to California greatly increased business at the clinic. On the eve of the Great Depression, John was on his way to unimaginable wealth. He bought a Stutz Bearcat car, a symbol of wealth at the time, and his wife, Minnie, got her first fur coat. They took to the testicle. Made
1: of goat. Made of... (laughs) Goat fur. Goat fur. testicle fur. Well, yeah. (laughs) She got her first scrotum coat. Scroat. The (laughs) The coat from the crazy doctor.
0: Uh... That's a Dr. Seuss book, right? The scrot, yeah. The Scroats? The Scroats. They took the testicle show on the road and traveled to the East Coast. In Connecticut, John operated on a man while a Fox motion picture cameraman filmed the procedure as doctors and nurses watched.
1: So let's just say that if at the start of this podcast you had told me the sentence, John decided to take his testicle show on the road to the East Coast, I would have said, this is going to be a crazy fucking story. Yeah. It's but it's pretty normal. Oh, I'm not no nothing strange has happened, Dave. Don't get me wrong.
0: Also, now a Fox Motion Picture guy is filming it.
1: Yeah, right. Which is cool because we all <laughs> did your <laughs> testicle sign a waiver.
0: <laughs> yes. Business just kept increasing, and John added a 24 by 27 foot addition to the clinic to provide a special operating room. John was still looking for ways to expand his business. In 1923, he bought the fourth commercial radio station in the U.S., KKFB in Milford, Kansas. He rapidly built it into a regional presence. Kansas first, Kansas best. The sunshine station from the heart of the nation. KKFB provided weather reports for local farmers, market reports out of (laughs) Chicago, and gave early exposure to Western stars like Roy Rogers and Gene Autry. KKFB was also the first station to offer college courses on the air.
1: Oh, my God. Well, in a world where you can put fucking goat balls into someone and call yourself a doctor, you may as well take college by just turning on a radio.
0: You're learning physics.
1: All right. We'll be right back with some more class after these commercials. (laughs)
0: Uh, Lectures were transmitted by telephone from what was then called the Kansas State Agricultural College. It's just making it up. (laughs) John added fundamentalist preaching and regular programs offering medical advice and through arrangements with pharmacies in the region began prescribing medicine over the radio. Oh, my God.
1: Wow, this really (laughs) is like the beginning of Pfizer.
0: John was very successful in creating a radio personality that appealed to rural Americans. He had a noticeable, though not heavy, southern accent and a mesmerizing voice. When he spoke, rural rural listeners got a sharp visualization of a skilled and trusted physician. <laughs> a Kansas politician said that, quote, any number of women have been heard to remark about Brinkley, that, man, that a man with such a pleasant voice must be a good man.
1: Yep. I remember hearing that about Bush when I was in Texas. Yeah. People are like, He's a good person. He man. sounds good. He's a nice man.
0: Women appreciated his warning to husbands that their wives also had sexual needs, a topic that was not really discussed at the time. His image was that of a humble homespun country doctor who, quote, only wanted to help my friends out in radio land. But, oh, my friends, he would say, you must help me. Remember, your letters asking advice must be accompanied by two dollars. KKFB added to John Brinkley's fame and wealth, but his exposure and methods created enemies.
1: I was shocked that it took so fucking long.
0: It may have been because of his show, Medical Question Box. Oh, boy. People wrote to the radio station oh, with ailments. Oh, dear.
1: This is, this is, he's not equipped to handle this. And
0: John would read the letters, diagnose the patients without ever seeing them, and prescribe treatments. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Over the radio. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> the treatments... ...could only be bought at one of his pharmacies in I mean, the, this quote, Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association. Wow, this is,
1: <laughs> this is evangelical doctoring. This is crazy.
0: The Brinkley Pharmaceutical Association was a pact between Brinkley and many pharmacists. He would push treatments, send people to specific pharmacies who would then charge high rates for the treatment and pass on a cut of the profits to Brinkley. Brinkley, Brinkley would sometimes send people to pharmacies to buy treatments... And if the treatments were being sold cheap, the pharmacy would be removed from the pharmaceutical association. Yeah, that's a that's so, not that's not good. He had like secret shoppers go out and be like, hey, man, I got a problem with my thing. Please, going it like, be cheap? Oh, you know what? Here, just go ahead and take this. You're busted, motherfucker. You son of a bitch. You're out of the association.
1: <laughs> you should be fucking people over Wow. I mean, he, this, this could not... I mean,
0: it's so much like today. <laughs> it really is. The pharmacies would bring in over 14000 a week, almost $200,000 in today's market. Jesus Christ. In 1923, the Kansas City Post and the St. Louis Star began publishing a series of articles concentrating on eclectic colleges in Kansas City. Oh, uh-oh. It was revealed that the institutions were selling degrees for $1,000. After getting their licenses, the doctors fanned out all over the country. Connecticut was one of the worst The state then revoked the licenses of all Eclectic practitioners including John Brinkley No, Further but investigations led to the Arrest of a man named William Sachs He'd worked <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's an unfortunate name For this episode <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Tell me about Billy Sachs <laughs> At least his name
0: wasn't Ball Sachs
1: <laughs> Ballie Sachs
0: Uh, Sachs had worked at different schools and estimated he had provided certificates and degrees allowing over 15,000 people to practice medicine with false credentials.
1: That's a lot of people. That seems like a
0: lot of people. That's a
1: lot of people.
0: He turned state's evidence and provided information to convict others. California and Connecticut conducted investigations and asked John Brinkley to appear. But he was touring the world, putting goat testicles in people in Europe and Singapore. (sighs) In the hearings, Sachs revealed he had sold John his medical degree. Okay. California indicted John on the charge of conspiracy to circumvent the medical licensing requirements of the state. Brinkley described the situation as, quote, a persecution no more justified than the persecution of Christ.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's totally keep- holding on to perspective. Yeah, he's keeping it real. Yeah. I mean, but he also, like, he's just he's just put a set of goat balls in a guy and yeah. told him to say it worked. Yeah. There had to be some complications at some point oh, of somebody getting horrible. horribly sick.
0: Oh, come on. You've got goat testicle rotting in your testicle. <laughs> rotting. Or, or you're in your scrotum. Either way, it's just... <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> when California sent extradition papers to Kansas, the governor of Kansas happened to have been a patient of brinkley's years ago asked quote what do you want him for california responded he is not a regular doctor and might injure our people by giving poison instead of <clears throat> instead of treatments the governor of kansas responded well kansas is a long way from california and i don't believe your people are in any danger from him
1: well that's good that's Brink- <laughs> that's, cool. that, that's good thinking
0: Brinkley was bringing in Kansas a lot of money uh, from medical tourism. The extradition was denied. John's profitable trips to California were over, however. But he took to the airwaves to crow about his victory over California and the AMA. More people came for his procedures now from all over the globe. Ah, the globe. Brinkley spoke for hours on end each day on the radio, promoting his goat gland treatments, appealing to men and women's desires to be more sexually active. His radio station was so lucrative in combination with his clinic that he gave back to Milford. John paid for a new sewage system and sidewalks, installed electricity, built a bandstand and apartments for his patients and employees, as well as a new post office to handle all his mail. He was named an admiral in the Kansas Navy and sponsored a hometown baseball team called the Brinkley Goats.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you're not even you're loving it.
0: With the goat balls? Uh, the, but Brinkley, who <clears throat> was now concerned that the legitimate medical establishment was closing in on him, so he decided the best move was to get a foreign medical degree. Yeah, those are good. He and his wife set sail for Europe. First, he went to Dublin, but the Mayo brothers were well-established there, and eclectic doc- doctors were not wanted. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think not. <laughs> Next, he went to London, only to discover England did not recognize degrees of eclectics, homeopaths, and osteopaths. Checking in on Scotland, he learned Glasgow had adopted the same rule. So off he went to Italy. He found Italy to also be difficult until he came across the University of Pavia. John hinted he would like to donate quite a bit of money to the school and then jumped into a strenuous 19 days of exams, after which he was given a medical degree.
1: Oh, but those two and a half weeks. Oh,
0: total nightmare. Saturday and Sunday off.
1: I mean, obviously.
0: He returned to Italy a few months later, took more exams, and received a license to practice. Good. Brinkley then wrote to the AMA, which had expelled him from their membership, demanding them to list him as having a med- medical degree from Pavia instead of Kansas's a- eclectic school. The AMA then contacted Pavia and told the university where Brinkley had studied and asked the school to rescind his degree. <laughs> But the school dragged its feet, so the AMA went straight to Benito Mussolini. Holy shit. And Brinkley's Italian medical degree was rescinded. Holy shit. <laughs> Don't fuck with the AMA. No. Hey, it's us. Benito, it's us. Mom? <laughs> uh, you want to get rid of this guy? Yes, he's a dad. Okay, thank Hey. You. But while John was in Europe, he continued his work and added a refinement to his goat testicle procedure.
1: Uh, what? He, I mean, this is just uh, What? At this point, well, you got to let go of it. Refine it. Make no, it better. Not, no,
0: this is like, mm. this is not, it's not good. It's making it better. No, it's not. He said he can improve the results of his treatment by adding a feeder nerve and attaching a blood vessel at the testicles. No
1: fucking way. That is, that's when we're going to be getting goat babies. <laughs> Gabies. Once he, I mean, if he's trying to attach the ball to the, the nerve.
0: Yeah, he's attaching a feeder. I guess he takes the feeder nerve a, 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 and a, and blood vessels out he's of the He's taken
1: three weeks of doctors. Like He's, he's been he's,
0: in college for medicine for about three weeks. He's taking more stuff out of goats and putting it into the nuts, the dudes. But
1: at least before, he was kind of just like, fuck it, I'll put him in there, hope this guy's okay. Yeah, now he's, he's like, good. it's time to get it involved in your system. Yeah, you now he's got a plan.
0: Meanwhile, the New York Evening Journal and other newspapers printed Brinkley's planted story about his degree from Pavia Uh uh-huh patients flooded to the clinic on weekends the streets of Milford were packed with people arriving for operations publicity was his main weapon on one occasion he performed the operation on a 71 year old man Chancellor JJ Tobias of Chicago who was then caught in a photo clicking his heels while jumping the press ran the photo nationally as proof of Brinkley's abilities
1: old man fucking again he jumped up and clicked his heels which at the at the time was really how you showed elation though. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Yay! Need... I'm going fucking <laughs> Brinkley kept an extensive mailing list who he sent endless letters about the clinic's success. He sent out a pamphlet called Pa and Ma which he dedicated to, quote, the prostate man. It ended up being a great solicitor for elderly men with sex issues, also known as elderly men. <laughs> the Kansas City star who owned a court, competing radio station in town published a series of articles accusing Brinkley of fraud, and the newly formed radio, Federal Radio Commission began looking into his broadcasting practices.
1: Uh-oh. They're probably not going to find good
0: things. No, it'll be fine. It was revealed that at the clinic, he was prone to perform surgery while drunk, Oh, Jesus, he can't even do his bullshit sober. And use dirty equipment.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, these have been in somebody else's balls, oh, but it's fine.
1: Oh, a, a goat.
0: Oh, right. No, I dipped these in a goat, and then another dude, and then another goat, and then another dude, but it's fine. Anyway,
1: your turn. They were all good. Here we go. Whoops. I mean... I'm not a doctor.
0: Many patients who had not been cured were interviewed, giving the impression Brinkley was just giving people shots of vitamins. It was revealed by 1930. He signed over 42 death certificates oh. for transplants gone bad. Ah, oh. that means he put he put I assume dirty sh- dirtiness into people's nuts. Yeah, or and they he... died from nut infections. Yeah, or oh God,
1: Jesus Christ. Well, nut infections is a tough thing to shake.
0: It's gonna be a great movie on HBO, though. <laughs> <It's just> the <laughs> The nut infections. Nearly every one of, uh, <laughs> of the 42 who died were not sick when they arrived at the clinic.
1: Shocked to hear that.
0: No one knows how many patients became ill or died in the many other places Brinkley performed his operations. The Kansas Medical Board held a formal hearing to decide whether Brinkley's medical license should be revoked. It was. Yes. The board stated that Brinkley quote has performed an organized charlatanism quite beyond the invention of the humble mount Bank. Jesus. I have no idea what that means. It
1: doesn't I mean it doesn't matter because it, it, it really is nice to just hear them be like he's full of shit and you're full of weird balls everybody.
0: So with his clinic closed and he uh, Brinkley decided to go into politics as a way to fight back.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: He ran for governor of Kansas. If he were to win the governorship, he would be able to put whoever he wanted on the medical board, which would allow him to get his medical license back. I mean, the obsession to put goat balls in people still. He kicked off his campaign just three days after losing his license, running on a vindication ticket. Oh, sure. He used his radio station as the main weapon in his campaign. He campaigned on a strange platform of public works like a state lake in every county.
1: And also uh, more goats. Uh, we really need to get the goat numbers up. Everybody gets nine goats, and there'll be a lake in every town. All righty. Make sure to get out there and goat. You good. Uh,
0: he also wanted to lower taxes, give kids free textbooks, and create old age pensions. He hired a plane to fly him impressively to his rallies. He was the master of the grand stunt. When a newspaper, art, a newspaper reporter ran a negative article about his lack of qualifications to run the state, he sent the reporter a goat.
1: <laughs> Just a, that's, a ballless goat That's his way of saying nut up Yeah,
0: yeah. But Brinkley had made a crucial error He filed too late to get on the ballot So he was a write-in candidate The Kansas Attorney General had been the one Who prosecuted Brinkley before the medical board So he made it as difficult as possible For John to win He announced the rules for write-in candidates had changed And the only way one could vote for Brinkley Was to write J.R. Brinkley On the ballot Oh no Brinkley ended up with 30% of the vote It was estimated that up to 50,000 ballots Were disqualified by the strict writing rules And Brinkley would have won The governorship if the rules had not been changed Oh my god Six months later his misfortune increased The Federal Radio Commission Refused to renew his, his station's broadcasting license Finding that Brinkley's broadcasts Were mostly advertising That he broadcast obscene material And that his medical question box series Was quote contrary to Contrary to public interest Yeah he sued the commission, but the courts upheld upheld it, and the case Brinkley versus the FRC became a landmark case in broadcast law.
1: Well, it's uh, interesting to know what Brinkley's history was in that.
0: He ran for governor in 1932 and 1934, but was defeated again by future presidential candidate Alf Landon. It's such a layup to beat him at this point.
1: You're like, hey, it um, doesn't matter what I'm going to do. But people fucking loved him. Well, I mean, yeah, we are no American. No one was like, the goat thing doesn't work. No, people are like, he's a good man. He's good. He's helping people with the testicles. He's, his heart is in the right place, even though those
0: balls are in the wrong spot. So Brinkley sold the radio station to an insurance company for 90000 and decided his fortunes lay just across the border in Mexico. Oh, yes, of course. He moved to Del Rio, Texas and built the radio station XERA. Zera, just across the Mexican border out of the reach of U.S. regulators. <laughs> Licensed for 300,000 watts by the Mexican government, Zera often turned up its power to 500,000 and sometimes a million watts. The world's most powerful broadcast station <laughs> was sending a signal across the U.S. into Canada and occasionally over Jesus. the North Pole into Russia. Holy shit! The signal was so strong it made bed springs hum and it could be picked up by car headlights. Jesus. John R. Brinkley no longer had a regional audience. He had a national audience, not only for his clinics and pharmaceuticals, but for the entertainment he provided. Well, and well done. This is where he became the granddaddy of country music. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Zara's contributions to the early music, country music were huge. The Carter family performed for three years on Texas radio, rocketing them to national fame. Tennessee Ernie Ford, Roy Rogers, Patsy Montana, Gene Autry, Little Jimmy Dickens, Red Foley, Shelley Lee Alley, Jimmy Rogers, and Cowboy Slim Reinhardt all had appearances on Brinkley's radio station. Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash remember listening to the border radio broadcasts. Performers who played in schoolhouses, churches, and on local radio stations now had their first outlet that broadcast them all across the United States, some of Canada, and occasionally other international markets. A regional form of music became nationally known, accepted, and craved, but Brinkley didn't care that he was spurning the growth of an entire new genre of music. He cared that roots musicians caused the most fan mail and that they helped move the most merchandise. <laughs> Audiences heard on-air pitchmen selling everything from crazy water crystals to baby chicks to tomato plants to Last Supper tablecloths to autographed pictures of Jesus. Um... Autograph. Who should I make this out to? <laughs> you want me to sign like that Jesus or the Son uh, of God? Here we go. All right. To Kyle. Oh, you want me to that like killed by Jews? Okay. I died for uh, your sins. Can do. Repent. Your main man. Catch you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Catch you later, girl. <laughs> Brinkley added to his medical fortune. He used Zara to urge patients to visit his new clinic and buy a variety of gimmicks, including the vials of colored water at a price of six for a hundred. So he's back. Six for a hundred. Brinkley sold Peruna to knock out the torture of colds and Colorbach, which scientifically impart the color and charm to gray hair. So he had a cure for gray hair. Okay, Okay. sure.
1: Got to just put goat balls in someone's head.
0: Now he was rarely implanting real goat. Goat glands But substituted What he described as Commercial Glandular Preparations What a motherfucker He won't even put Real goat balls in anymore
1: <laughs> I mean at least At one point There was like There was some Yeah, yeah There was something You he had could maybe believe what,
0: in A little bit Yeah Integrity is what you're now saying Now
1: he's just faking That there's goat balls Yeah A thing that doesn't do Anything anyway. He's no,
0: like putting marbles In people Yeah
1: he's putting Two marbles in
0: He also performed Numerous prostate operations And vasectomies he, oh. he personalized the vasectomies with a squirt of mercurochrome which colored the urine. He did that to make it to make people be like, "Wow, it's working!" Oh, it worked. My pee's hey, pink. If it's blue tomorrow, you're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you piss blue, then you're not having any more babies. Uh,
0: he offered three levels of prostate softening.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. ranging
0: from the $100 regimen for poor people to the full works for $1,000. It's like a car wash. It is. <laughs> the works. It is estimated that he earned $12 million annually between 1933 and 1938. Holy shit. Annually? Annually. In the summer, he avoided the Del Rio heat by sailing his 372-foot yachts. While on board, he dressed as an admiral and carried a sword.
1: (laughs) I think I'm starting to like him.
0: (laughs) The Brinkley Mansion on the Rio Grande River had a large fountain and a neon sign of his name. Cool. However, his conspicuous display of wealth, a lavish mansion, a dozen Cadillacs, private planes, yachts, and exotic animals got the attention of his adversaries and competitors. A cut-rate competitor named James Middleton opened a clinic in Del Rio. Things escalated quickly, and soon the two doctors were using rival gangs of thugs to hook prospective patients as they, as they arrived at the train station.
1: Um, I, but they get off the train, and they're like, hey, Come on, you come on. You want a vasectomy? Yeah. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> then things got ugly. Soon men arriving in town who did not want vasectomies were being carried to Middlebrow or Brinkley for operations. What? <laughs> they were just... Did you they're get like, off the
1: train and then you just get your tubes tied? Sh-
0: sh- they're like sh- Shanghai vasectomies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, where are we going, driver? Oh, uh, you can. Don't worry about it, man. If you pee, if you pee no, blue, it worked. It's what all good. worked. I'm in town
0: to see my daughter. It, oh well, you ain't gonna have no more daughters. Excuse me. Mm, no more daughters. Come on, get in here. The fuck did you cut your hands off me? Brinkley reached out to city leaders for help to stop Middlebrow, explaining how much business and profit he had brought to the area. The city leaders gave him the cold shoulder, so Brinkley up and took his clinic to Little Rock. Brinkley's wealth seriously upset Dr. Morris Fishbein, a member of the board of the AMA, who would eventually become the editor of the Journal of American Medicine. He was well-respected and did not like those dirtying the profession of medicine. He set out to completely ruin John Brinkley, He was publishing a medical journal at the time called Hygieia, two separate issues titled Modern Medical Charlatans focused on John Brinkley. He described Brinkley as a complete quack, and he described Brinkley's career as, quote, filth and falsehood. (laughs) Good. Brinkley then sued Fishbein and the AMA for libel and $250,000 in damages.
1: Pardon me, but the balls on this guy.
0: Yeah. Brinkley drove to the first day of the trial in a fire red Cadillac that has name stenciled all of the exterior
1: oh that's cool nice that's a good that's a good that's a good look <laughs> super into me <laughs> hey
0: at night, Brinkley would take to the airwaves and broadcast commentary. The defense produced a deposition given by Brinkley's old partner Crawford, who is now serving time in Oklahoma for armed robbery
1: well okay, the yeah. tale of two men uh-huh.
0: Crawford broke down their fraudulent ways of the past for the court. When Brinkley testified, he appeared disinterested as he fidgeted with a gold toothpick in his mouth. Mm. Jesus, mm. what a fucking monster. Sure, I've got caviar in between my <laughs> teeth. <laughs> I can't believe you're talking to me, little person. Mm. Mm. After two days, the cross-examination came down to one important question about goat testicles. For 20 years, Brinkley had claimed that he had carefully grafted goat testicles into his human's patients. But Brinkley admitted on the stand that he had simply slit the human testicle open, popped in a goat testicle, and then sewed up the incision.
1: What? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: It just got really upsetting.
1: Oh, the pain. Oh,
0: God, the pain.
1: The uh, Oh, a, my a God. Ball, a ball surgery. A ball in your ball. He... A ball, not a, a, oh. a your ball, cut open, and then another ball put in your ball
0: forever. Oh. It's fucking monstrous. It's monstrous.
1: I mean, I... ow, oh. yeah. Oh my god. Jail for
0: life, right? Oh, god. With that admission, the case. <laughs> With that admission, the case died. After four hours of deliberation, the Johnny exonerated Fishbein and the AMA. John Brinkley's reputation was in tatters. He was labeled a quack, legally. The decision prompted three million in malpractice lawsuits against Brinkley. To top it off, the move to Little Rock had gone horribly. He was forced to lay off much of the staff and reduce the salaries of those who stayed. The clinic was in dire straits, and he could not afford to return to Del Rio, and the IRS was now investigating him for non-payment. So, he did what any man would do. He moved to Kansas City and opened an aircraft school. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Can he not just take a hint? (laughs) Stop
0: spreading your message. Okay, so you just go ahead and put the testicle in the aircraft. Excuse
1: me? I mean, it's a pilot. The just, pilot. Get, get that goat in here.
0: What? Cut her open. I mean, cut the. Uh, oh. oh, boy. Mm. He claimed that mechanics who enrolled could not be drafted to improve enrollment, which was completely false. <laughs> it should have <laughs> yeah, been no. true. If you sign up for the school, you can't
1: you, you, you avoid the draft. Oh, perfect. Also, you want to fuck more? <laughs>
0: Even with such guarantees, the school went nowhere. Then the U.S. (laughs) and Mexico reached an agreement on allocating radio bandwidth and shut down Zara. By that time, so many other border stations had popped up mimicking Brinkley's station. Brinkley was forced to file for bankruptcy in 1941.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: How the mighty of ballin'. Three months later, he offered his creditors six horses, 90 heads of cattle, 40 goats, and other questionable assets. <laughs> well, I have the forty ducks. Uh, can I throw some. I know I owe you uh, two million dollars, but, but would you like some ducks?
1: Wouldn't you rather forty goats without balls? <laughs> How about forty ballless goats?
0: Well, it's I. It's a yacht. It's not. I do not want to...
1: mm, Feels like I should keep the yacht, and you could just have these
0: cows. <laughs> In July, the Mexican government seized his radio station on the grounds that Brinkley had broadcast programs sympathetic to the Nazis. Ah, finally. Indeed, Brinkley had come to admire Hitler and even decorated the tiles around his pool with swastikas. Hey,
1: you know, sometimes you make weird choices. Here's something I'm not going to (laughs) regret. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to have a pretty limited guest list. (laughs) (laughs) That's our deal.
0: In August... After three heart attacks, he had a leg amputated due to a blood clot while in Kansas City. She should just put a horse hoof on it. While he was... Or just... <laughs> hey, can you put a goat testicle in my leg? <laughs> hey, Be okay. bu-
1: I want my leg back. Will you put a goat penis in me?
0: While he was recuperating at the hospital, he was served with a 15-count mail fraud indictment. Jesus. He died penniless in his sleep in San Antonio of heart failure before he saw trial. A former patient who wished to remain anonymous wrote to a local paper that, quote, I knew he was bilking me the whole time, but I liked him anyway. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Buried in Memphis, Brinkley left behind three daughters by his first wife, Sally, and one son by his second wife, Minnie Jones. The name Brinkley is still visible to passing motorists in a stone fence facing North Carolina Route 107. Holy shit.
1: Well, that... That's something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean...
0: Jesus. You just, How did that happen? There have to be rules. How did that happen? Well, they just... You, you just how did that happen they just get to say whatever they wanted how does it happen for a long period of time how does he become famous but who was like then he like goes to Hollywood and everyone's like I'll do it it sounds great lovely. put that in my testicle yeah we love trends trends that involve testicles should not be trends
1: well when you the the, the fact that a ball went in a ball (laughs) I mean what the actual fuck That's just so. He's not a doctor, and he's opening testicles and putting other animals' testicles in the testicles, yeah. and then letting people leave. And then people are going out trying to fuck.
0: Yeah. Whoo! He's a good one. Uh, well, one thing we've definitely learned from the dollop is that all doctors were monsters.
1: <laughs> monsters, and and <laughs> probably still are. <laughs> Uh, There's some good ones, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ugh, fuck. 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 Yeah. Shit. Fuck.
0: (laughs) All right. Anyway. Anyway, buy tickets to my one-man show in Melbourne. Uh, You can get tickets at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival site. Oh, boy. Uh, We'll be back with more dollop next week. Oh, boy. Sorry.